Welcome back from the holiday break. I'm Peter Spaulding, the Chief Creative Officer at Daniel House Club. I hope you all had wonderful times with friends and family and found everything you hoped for under your tree. We're going to push our study of Joseph Albert's classic book, Interaction of Color, to next week because I wanted to share with you the interview I did with Cyrus Nazmiel, the vice president of one of our favorite vendors, Rug and Kaleem. In our conversation, Cyrus and I talk about a bunch of stuff from the history of his family's incredible business, the trends he's seeing in rug specification by designers now, and some of the processes that make a rug and Kaleem piece so special. Cyrus does mention some upcoming holiday festivities, as we talked right before the break, so I wanted you all to get to listen before the memories of this season are totally gone. Before I play the interview for you, a word of warning. Cyrus is a busy guy, and Rug and Kaleem has an actual live canary in their beautiful Long Island City showroom, so you may notice more ambient noise than usual. Still, I think you'll enjoy hearing what he has to say. Let's take a listen. Hey everybody, I'm here with Cyrus Nazmiel of Rug and Killeen, and he has been generous enough to uh, agree to have a conversation with us this morning. Um, hey Cyrus, thank you. How are you doing, Peter? Thanks for having me on. Um, so you uh, were just telling me before we started recording that you guys um, were lucky enough right before the pandemic to move into the incredible space behind you. Yes. It looks uh, like... <laughs> more blessed so grateful about it honestly when you first came on i thought you were in some beautiful cafe and there were waiters behind you and you were about to be served some great brunch but um <laughs> rugs are even better <laughs> um so rug and kaleem is like 40 years old now can you tell me a little bit about your origin you're the second generation of this business sure well actually i think it skipped a generation i represent the fourth generation of our business my great great grandmother was a yarn spinner in iran um and then uh and then the next generation got into hospitality which has a lot to do with um with my current position and then um, my father founded the business in 1980 in morristown which is in new jersey and he was selling at the time mostly antique rugs um antique and vintage rugs very fine persian rugs um and was very involved in everything uh, when it comes to the knowledge and whereabouts of these rugs and and as a as a figure in our industry regarding um regarding those pieces but uh the, the business started there um we were selling very quality high-end antique rugs to the market. And that's really what has given us the ability to really produce custom rugs. Um, and I think we'll get more into that later in the interview, but um, because we understand and know the history of rugs, we're able to use that uh, knowledge and to really push um, where we want to see the new rug and custom rug uh, movement. Uh, and, and again, I think we'll get more into it in, in, in later on, but, but rugs is similar to fashion. You know, every season it changes and, and you got to really stay relevant and move forward with the times. And, and I think we're a very fashion forward and edgy company because of our knowledge in antique rugs, where we really solidified for our position in Short Hills and Morristown. From there, um, we moved to Manhattan, uh, where we enjoy 20 years on 59th Street. 
Um, Josh renovated, a, a, got renovated a building adjacent to the D&D building. For 10 years, we were housed there where we really expanded our trade presence and then moved to the corner of 59th and 2nd um, where we, we enjoyed a bunch of years. And when, when I joined the business, we were there. And then in March and February 2020, uh, our lease was expiring. Uh, so 20 years on 59th Street. And we came across this space in, uh, in Long Island City. Um, and we really took it seriously. And where I'm sitting now, we really took it seriously because our wholesale operation was expanding. So uh, we manufacture carpet, handmade carpet for uh, very specialty high-end trade stores across the country. Um, you know, where, where the reason why we're talking is because we met at High Point because I was, you know, uh, exhibiting those collections to the wholesale audience. And, and that's really been the bulk of our business since, although we still maintain a presence to the trade. Uh, you know, Josh has been doing it for 20 years. He knows, he knows uh, the best interior designers across the country and, and they know him. Um, wholesale has really been uh, the bulk of our expansion. And we're really excited about it because it allows us to produce and create and constantly come up with new things to keep our, to keep really the the, the trade interested. Because at the end of the day, that's who we're selling. That's who my clients are selling the carpets to. So again, very fashion forward, very edgy, and really try to push boundaries and, and create new things. And wholesale really gives us the platform to do that. So that's really where our business is now, uh, 7,500 square feet now in Long Island City um, and, and our space behind me, which you see. I, th I think it's um, interesting. It, I feel like so many uh, different sectors of our business, you really have to, you have to know history to be able to be super innovative. And I think Certainly. that's really obvious in what you guys put out. I should also say, um, when after we first met and we, we got some of your products up on our site, one of our board members who is who works for an online auction house emailed me and he was like, oh my gosh, you guys are working with Rug and Kaleem. I love those guys. Um, so he was very excited. Thank, um, you. Thank you. So, so you guys sell a lot of incredible uh, antique and vintage rugs as you just talked about, but you also make a lot of custom rugs for your clients. And I have to confess that I have never had a custom rug made for anybody. And partially it's because there are so many beautiful antique rugs out there and partially it's because it intimidates me a little bit so certainly so i'm curious if you can tell me if i come to you and i say hey i want to make a custom rug like what happens between that and me having a rug well it really depends on who you talk to i try to make things easy my dad will really complicate things because he knows <laughs> like he'll see he'll see this space and like his mind will start you know, going places, experimental places to say, well, how can I achieve the best result for the space? And that's really what Custom Rugs is all about, achieving the best result for that client in their specific space, in their home. Um, so, you know, it, it really depends on, on who you are as a person. Uh, um, custom Rugs achieve a specific idea for that specific client, whereas an antique rug could do the same thing. Now, coming across the right antique or vintage rug, is the whole charm of that space is what size do I need in this specific space to be the specific look that I'm looking to, to achieve. Whereas on custom rugs, we could really recreate antique rugs or vintage rugs, but it won't have that same uh, authenticity that a, that a vintage or antique rug will, will have. I, we try to reproduce current rugs to look like old rugs and, and that's our homage collection, which we're really excited about. But or our Burano collection, I should note, which we're also really excited about. 
But uh, again, I think it really depends on who the customer is in the specific moment in time and the specific project. Um, so yes, they can be intimidating. They are meant to be intimidating. That's why most interior designers take those, you know, work on those projects because they have experience doing that. And then of course, it really takes uh, someone with know-how to achieve and make someone feel comfortable in their shoes to say, yes, go ahead with that. I, I trust you, I, I, I trust your process. And that's really who we want to be as a company. Um, be very service forward, very service oriented, make sure the customer knows and we hold their hand and explain to them the whole process so they understand what qualities they're using, what constructions they're using, why it takes so long um, to make a rug and why they're so expensive. <laughs> so um, I hope I answered your question. Um, I, mostly I have um, one is, is there sort of a standard timeline when you are doing custom or can it vary pretty widely? It varies very widely. Uh, we have qualities like our Scandinavian, which we've sold on your platform that take 90 days to deliver, and I could weave them as fast as four weeks. I have production abroad that takes two years to develop. Yeah. Um, and that's a very fine, fine, fine quality, um, well over your standard, you know, fine quality would be 100 knots per square inch, would be much finer than that and takes a year and a half to weave, and then probably close to three to four months to to finish and then another two months to logistically ship and deliver. So um, it really depends on the quality. Although some, some clients request, you know, only limit me to things that I could have within, you know, four five, six months. And of course we, we do that. And that's, I would say bulk, the bulk of our production, 90% of our production would probably be delivered within six months. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, so do, do some designers come to you with a, a drawing and say, this is sort of the layout and, and then you move into a color selection. I just want to get a little like specific about what happens after the ideation phase. Is it? Yeah. So, so it really depends on the designer. Some designers choose to have the rugby, the anchor of the room, which has been really the precedent of our industry really recently has a change where furniture and art become uh, the staple, and then they try to place a rug to match. Um, but yes, generally a designer knows a direction that they want to move forward with. And we show them what we have in our collection that can achieve that result. Uh, you know, depends on, of course, on the price point and the budget of the room, but, uh, generally we, we can find something that works for that specific client, uh, regarding the aesthetic that they're looking to achieve. And we, again, that, that all comes back to your first question. You know, the history of our business is rooted in antique rugs and, for that reason, we try to have something from every era uh, to accommodate designers' requests. Awesome. I feel like interior designers often feel like they have to know a little bit about everything. But if you can find some great partners who are really, really smart, um, I think it will carry you so far. You know, I, I'm very limited in my knowledge about what interior designers do as as far as, you know, after rugs go. You know, it's they wear, I, I wear many hats in my business. You know, they have to do everything when it comes to a home from yeah. you know, rugs, furniture, lighting, finishings, wallpaper, fabric. It's, it's a really impressive feat. Uh, my hat's off to them. Uh, and especially the busy ones that, that do multiple <laughs> projects a year. It's, uh, you know, there's so many different moving parts. And they, at the end of the day, they have to present it to their client, who's generally a very high net worth individual and say, you know, we didn't screw up, like be happy. And like, that's like when they can accomplish that, you know, they, they deserve a big time. That's funny. You say that the, the very, 
the very first big project I took on, my only goal was to not get fired. I thought that the whole way through, <laughs> don't get fired, Peter. Um, and that was, I achieved much better than that because I, I just was like, I'm going to be calm about this. Yeah, um, my hat's off to them. Yeah, totally. Um, so you mentioned two collections that you have um, that are meant to look old. Mm -hmm. um, what are the qualities of those pieces that lend themselves to looking old? Sure. So first it starts with design. Um, most of what we make is rooted in the history of rugs and the fashion of rugs. So look at prints and, and actual rugs that have been made 200, 100 years ago and reproduce them. Um, now with the homage collection, what we do is, yes, we pick a design that's 200 years old, but we use colors that are today's colors. So happy colors, light colors, uh, fun colors, and then we distress the wool. So we shear the pile to make it look and feel a little bit older. Um, and this is very popular in coffee shops and hotel lobbies on the West coast, where you see antique rugs that are really worn, really distressed, really yeah. beaten up. Um, and, uh, and that's an aesthetic that is enjoyed today. So what we do is say, okay, we can reproduce that aesthetic um, in new custom production. So we, in our homage collections, a handbook of design that has 200 patterns and growing. Um, and uh, it's a very fun collection to be a part of because every one of our showrooms that take on the collection out of the 200 patterns, 15, 20 of them, they really enjoy and they create their own collection within a collection and it speaks to their audience. Um, on the flip side of that, Burano is a much finer quality. Uh, and what we use is a black, warp so when you look at the rug you see this black black warp peeking through the rug and it almost has this old uh, regal finish to it um and has a specific charm to it too we use very we use colors that represent 200 years ago colors um, so we're not using the bright happy poppy colors of the homage collection we're using more of the traditional colors in the burano collection and uh, again very traditional design so you think persian uh, Chinese, um, Turkish, very popular patterns of the past, Josh's favorite patterns of the past, and we're actually reproducing those patterns. Uh, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it uh, to, to see those patterns and visit those patterns because we could really make any, uh, Burana specifically, we could really make any uh, antique rug, any antique traditional design in Burano's quality for a fraction of the price that it would actually cost to find, let's say, a 16 3 by 24 5 antique piece that would cost you well over $100,000. We could produce that for a fraction of the price and, and give you a very, very similar aesthetic. So you said you use a black uh, warp. And mm -hmm. I feel like because part of our conversation is about helping designers sell rugs to their clients, um, it's always good to make sure that we know the technical terms. So I think everybody knows warp and weft, but a lot of people don't actually know what they're saying when they say that. Can you just give us a quick vocabulary? I, I, I don't. I don't think that anything is more important than just understanding that that's the foundation of the carpet. Um, I don't think you need to know the specifics or the the get into the nitty gritty, but that's basically what what you see is woven on. You don't just weave a rug in thin air. Uh, you need a warp and a weft to to weave a rug. Um, and that's the foundation of the rug. And it's generally 90% of the time for hand knotted production is made out of cotton. Um, although, you know, our outdoor qualities has to be made out of polyester. Um, so it really depends. And just so you know, um, different yarns in the warp and to give you a different aesthetic. So 
Josh plays a lot, plays a lot with the warp, um, which is something people normally don't do uh, because it's, stand, it's standardized uh, to give different feels and vibes to to the pieces. So you know, construction is everything. Um, that's what's new. It's it's pushing boundaries through construction. Design is achievable. The colors are all achievable. Really, what what makes carpet different today is construction. And we look look behind me. Every single sample that you see behind me is a different construction completely. And that's really what we try, how we try to differentiate ourselves. Like Scandinavian, as an example, uh, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Here, no, that's okay. But, uh, Scandinavian, as an example, is a Scandinavian collection. But throughout the Scandinavian collection, it's eight different constructions from, from wool to finer weave silk to pile to natural aloe hemp jute to outdoor um, to cotton. Uh, and our new collection, which is this nubby organic construction that we've launched this year. So, and throughout each of those qualities I just mentioned, we don't use the same yarn uh, um, percentages. We change it up. So every design has its own look. And that's the most important thing because we, we don't want to be boring. We always want to be pushing boundaries. And you never know that one quality could launch a new collection. And that's really like how we go about it. We're always experimenting when something works we push it, we keep going with it and we create. And, and that's, that's really what, what sets us apart. So you've mentioned your outdoor rugs a couple of times, and I just wanted to bring up that uh, in my own experience, they're like the best I've ever touched. So thank you. Um, thank you. So, so what makes them so, so special and so successful? You know, it's really limited to our Scandinavian collection because you know, the, the romance of rugs doesn't necessarily lend itself to outdoor weaving or outdoor rugs. Um, you know, I think it comes back to the construction of our Scandinavian from our original collection. It's a new language and design. Um, it's not a Kaleem, it's not a Duri, uh, although it is flat woven, they weigh just as much as a Tibetan rug. You know, Kaleem, you could generally put on your back and take it to a picnic. Uh, you mm -hmm. can't do that with our Scandinavian. They're, they, they're very heavy. Uh, the body of them is, is significant. And we've really uh, paralleled that body to our outdoor. And I think that's really what makes it feel so special is, is the quality that we've been able to achieve. Um, and that really is all about the Scandinavian. Um, our, our Scandinavian collection doesn't buckle, at least flat on the ground, doesn't move around. Again, just as heavy as a Tibetan rug. And, and I think that's, uh, that's really what we've given Scandinavian. Um, the designs, aesthetics, anyone could reproduce those. Uh, what we've given is the body. And I think um, that's the most important part of our collection is, is how durable they are, how, how well they, they stand the test of time. And uh, we've, again, paralleled that to our outdoor quality and 100% polyester. And, and, you know, I, I agree with you. I see outdoor rugs that like disintegrate almost in front of your eyes after two summers. Um, yeah, so many look like crap and yours look like, oh, I'd be happy to put that in my living room. Correct. Correct. We're, we, you know, and it's fully customizable, too. So we're doing a, an outdoor project right now that's going in Palm Beach. Um, it's going to be, it's a 13 by 20 completely custom outdoor piece. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's taken all again, that quality we saw, it came to our showroom. We're like, okay, let's run with it. And you know, it's yeah. being represented in, in a couple dozen showrooms across the country and doing well. Great. Um, well, I, I can't wait to commission my own outdoor rugs someday. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Looking forward to it. Um, okay. So as we talked about, so a lot of designers, particularly in the past, and you interestingly mentioned that it's changing a little bit. And I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like it's changing in my own experience too. A lot of times people have used the rug as the foundation of the room. 
And for me, that that kind of implies that a rug salesperson of all people in the industry would probably know what's cool because their their product is the beginning. Um, two things. One, could you kind of expand a little bit on how you're seeing furniture and art be the driver a little bit more and the rug coming in next? And then also, um, are there things that you saw that you were selling a ton of five or 10 years ago that are, you know, totally not cool anymore? Right. So I think that in our industry, modern still reigns supreme. Um, what's interesting about, and, and it really depends on the designer and the aesthetic of the house, but what we saw um, really recently actually is like the last 10 years have been all this abstract grays, blues. Um, and, and what we've seen because of the pandemic, I believe, is because people are spending more time at their homes. They're more open to living with color. They want their eyes to be moving. They want excitement in their homes. Um, and again, that lends itself to moving away from modern and going back into traditional uh, ideas. So what I mean by traditional ideas and what we've been placing in other people's homes is more deco, more mid-century modern. And when I say deco, uh, I mean French deco, I mean Austrian deco, I mean Chinese deco. Uh, and each of those three collections we have in our, in our catalog. Um, and then mid-century modern, which we feel is really next after Scandinavian. Scandinavian is so popular right now, but really Scandinavian is a mid-century pattern. And after Scandinavian is mid-century modern in the history. And then deco, I think, um, if my memory, if, if my history is, is correct. So consider history repeating itself as really what's new and up, up and coming. I still think um, abstract and modern has a place. And I still think that a lot of people will, will, will use that because it's easy to place a room around, especially when it comes to color. But what we've given that and where we're pushing that boundary is construction. So we're using different styles, yarns, uh, different weaving techniques, different ways to produce the same idea, to give it a different feel, to, to keep the industry moving forward and not staying in the same 10 years that we've been in. So I think mixed with the pandemic um, and people open to living with more color, I think that more traditional ideas will come back and are coming back as well as um, a move towards more color in what's already uh, so so I think that in, I think I answered your question there um, uh, and and again I, I don't think that one designer always places the same thing it really depends on who their client is and wh where their home is and what they're trying to achieve so um, so it really depends but uh, but if I had to say what's the like what are the, the most the biggest sellers I would obviously say this abstract modern idea um, and then the, the, special, the really good designers always are pushing the envelope as well, and they want to see something new and different. And I think that these new collections that are rooted in history are those new ideas just transformed to today. And that's just based on color and construction. So yeah. I have to pause for a second and say the whole time I've thought this bird was over your head. Is, is it coming uh, from me? Uh, no, here, it's, it's a manu chair. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Wow, it has such a nice home. Yeah, yeah, we bought this. We bought this in auction. So, wow. Yeah, this is he's this is Banu Chair. He's our little pet bird. He he sings all throughout the day and keeps this company and but, is, uh, so that perfect that, add to that ambiance. Yeah. So so I'll give you a, a brief story. We were we were at a trade show in Germany, uh, shopping for. We were at a Persian vendor, and 
he's based in Germany and he, he goes to state sales and you name it auctions and, and basically picks the finest antique rugs. And when my dad walks into any of these stores or any of these booths at the trade shows, they know that um, my dad doesn't buy, you know, the, what everyone else is buying. He's always looking for something rare, special, different, even if he has to put work into it and restore it. Um, but he wants something unique. And at one of these, these booths that sell him these beautiful pieces, we bought two antique motashams from him. Um, he had two canaries singing on the top of his booth, singing to each other. And he had all these Persian nuts and everything of that nature. Uh, and we borrowed that idea from, from, uh, from our friend in, in Germany. So that's why we have Manu Chair and yeah, I think we're going to find him a friend soon. One second. <laughs> so he, so he's awaiting a friend. Oh, yes. He's awaiting a friend. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Um, it sort of makes everything there romantic, um, which is kind of a nice segue, I guess, because, um, I wanted to bring up that when I, I first met you, you were talking to me about how the importance of sort of romancing the sale of a rug, which I think if you just hear it on the surface could sound a little um, gimmicky, but I, I mean, I didn't see it that way at all. I mean, when I present to a client, I want to be in front of them and see what their face is doing and know what they are responding to. Um, and if I can kind of discern their face, I can sort of get us on a path to bring them into the world that I'm seeing. Tell me about what romancing means to you. Sure. So, so I think that uh, very recently in our business, handmade rugs have become somewhat of a commodity. I hate to say it, but um, people feel like they can price shop and, and find something for different prices, but obviously quality has something to do with it. Um, what I mean by romancing is understanding the work that we have put into a specific piece and why it's priced the way it is and why it looks the way it does. Um, so how does that work? As an example, our Scandinavian collection, before we launched, it took three years to build. Why? Uh, we had to find the right production. So the right manufacturer, we had to teach them what we're looking to achieve. That took several years and many strikeoffs to achieve the right result. Then from there, we have to build a collection. So we have to pick designs. Not only pick designs, we have to dye yarn. Not only dye yarn, but we have to choose which constructions we're going to be for each specific sample, each specific um, design to give the best results. And then from there, we have to weave it. And this is all handmade. And from there, we have to get it here, market it, and explain to people why and how we've come about this collection and why it's important and why it should sell and why you have to have conviction. So not only is it a, a weaving and manufacturing process of romance, but there's a there's a specific romance to to understand the the road that that piece traveled to eventually get in your home, and um, and it's it's a uh, you don't go to a store. I mean you can, but but you're getting a commodity at that point. You you know you you don't just go to a store and pick a handmade Scandinavian rug off the shelf. It, it and if you did, you're not spending several thousands of dollars on it you're spending a few hundred dollars on it yeah um so the the romance of weaving and the romance of the rug industry is very important in understanding um where why things are the way they are in our business i you know i i, I hate it I, I really i shouldn't say i hate it but i understand 
when clients are like, whoa, that's too expensive. I get it. But what they don't see is, is or they, what they don't understand is that there's a lot of work that goes into coming up with a collection and making it successful. And, um, and, and, and it really starts with conviction. And I give my dad, my hats off to my father for having a ton of conviction in everything that he does, because when he sees something and he thinks it's great, he goes for it. And uh, I'm learning that quality from him. And it takes a lot of guts and a lot of money, I should mention, yeah. to, um, to bring something to, to life, to bring a 200 pattern collection to life that's fully customizable in our homage line. Um, and Scandinavians now a thousand SKUs, a thousand SKUs of Scandinavian. Um, so, so it just, it, it really goes to show that um, uh, there's a lot of work and overhead that goes involved in creating a rug. And that's why, that's why a handmade rug is expensive. Um, so, uh, you know, we're just talking about relatively low qualities. Our homage in Scandinavian is, when we get into Nepalese or finely woven things that take two years to build, I mean, you know, you, a nine by 12 could cost, uh, you know, $50,000 in a, one of the two year projects. So um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it that, that, that there's more to that meets the eye. Um, just, yeah. We could, we could just say that as much. Um, and I'm happy, happy, happy that you could have a whole interview on just the romance of rug weaving. Uh, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> each each of those notes in the production process, I could talk to you about for thirty minutes. Um, well, that might so have to be a follow up interview. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how yeah, many right. minutes you have in the world. Um, yeah, well, well, I was just giving you just a preview of um, of how 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 specialized it is. So I, um, you said your online sales are expanding. And I'm kind of curious when you have a remove from the physical object, how do you find the the romancing to work when your customer may actually never see the thing that they're buying until it's in their home? What well, are some we 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 are now a team of twenty. When I started, we were six people, five five people six people so we're a team of 20 and we have four dedicated salespeople that handle all of our online leads so what we normally do when we get a request is first we'll explain to them why the product is the way it's priced and then secondly we'll we'll take a video of the rug if someone is interested we'll always offer a video after we get a request in take a video of the rug to show the intricacies of the piece and then what's nice about online sales is there's a there's a very nice return policy um, which allows the customer to live with, with the piece for a couple of days before they can actually make a formal decision yes money is exchanged but uh, uh, there's a full re return policy so um, I definitely think that's where the the industry is moving um, I see most a lot of designers I shouldn't say most a lot of designers are now specking uh, and sourcing online before they move into someone's showroom or they go and see the product in someone's showroom and uh, and and should also make a very, very, very important note about our photography. We have spent a tremendous amount of money and resources and time into our photography and giving the consumer the right result or as right as it could possibly be the result of the piece um, in their home on their computer screen. So we, we take a tremendous 
we, we use a lot of time and resources to make sure that our photography is on par with how the rug actually looks like in person. And obviously it won't be exactly the same, but it gives you a very good representation. And I'm very proud to say that our returns are less than 1%. Um, That's great. And our, price, and our pricing is very fair, which probably has something to do with it. Um, so all of those things considered uh, really helps a buyer be as informed as possible before they say yes. Uh, and and again, if not, there's a very lenient return policy. So I, what I would say to the people listening, be very comfortable shopping online. Uh, if you have conviction in something and, 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 and you, you love something and you have the budget for it, buy it. Uh, and don't be afraid because if it's not great and it's not to your expectation, you could always return it. So that would be my, uh, that would be my, and, and I think it saves you a lot of time. So that would be my, um, my two cents when it comes to buying online. And yes, for, for some, some people that are more used to buying it in person, I could see how that's difficult, but rest assured, you will be able to see it in person um, just on your own time in your own living room. Which is so much better. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, all right, we're coming up to the end here. I have a couple more questions I want to ask you. Right now, we have about a hundred of your pieces on Daniel House mm -hmm. Club, and you know we're excited to expand that. We have a, a hundred new ones that you've just sent us that we are adding. So everybody should go and see how beautiful and diverse your pieces are. Um, but uh, in in 2022, one of our goals is to really um, push our ability to to customize some pieces online, you know, across everything, you know, furniture, all sorts of different things. Um, I'm curious if you ever foresee a day when somebody can fully customize something in an automated way um, or if that's crazy and, um, you know, there's always going to be a human piece of that. Uh, we talk about it a lot in our office. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's definitely something that will eventually happen. I don't think it's within the next decade or maybe even the next two decades. I think that probably some element of VR or AR has to be involved to yeah. be able to, to do that. Um, and again, I think that's probably 20 years away. What's nice about where we're going is that I think when it comes to customized size, I don't think that's a problem. We already have that feature on our own website as we're beginning to list all of our custom samples so people can shop kind of directly from, from the site and, and, and our, our archive of samples. Um, I don't wanna say no, but I wanna say that it's very, very far away. And I do think that this comes back to the romance of the sale. Not gonna, no one's, I don't think it's anytime soon where people are gonna check out for something that's 25, 30, $40,000 a large living room piece without coming and seeing, feeling and speaking to someone. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily something that uh, we even want to entertain because then you lose the human element of the business. And that's, that's really the driver. I mean, uh, this is all about service and hospitality and, um, and yes, you know, I've, I've mentioned the word commodity um, and, you know, we very specialized, so we're not, but at the end of the day, I mean, really what brings people back into our doors is the service that we give them um, is, 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 is really who we are as a company. And, um, you know, Josh always says, you will never apologize for living with one of our rugs. And if you do, we will do everything we can to make you happy. 
everything. It doesn't matter if we have to reweave the rug, if we have to, you know, whatever. Whatever it is, we won't stop at nothing to make you happy, make our customer happy. At the end of the day, the client is always right. Um, so we, we treat it the same as you would in a restaurant. Um, you know, we are very service forward and, and hospitality is a big part of that. So to answer your question, not right now, nor do I want to even entertain it because I do want to maintain the human touch. And I think that that's very important when, when, when coming up with rugs because someone's home, you, you want to make sure that, that they understand where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that having people involved in the process is is critical to a really successful outcome. So I'm happy to hear you say that as an answer. Um, well, I did want to just say that um, when we have ordered from you, uh, literally the second our customer hits complete purchase, you guys are sending over um, all the info and getting that piece out the door. So that is, I mean, you guys have top-notch service so thank you thank uh, you that means a lot to me um so i guess my last question is if you um hadn't grown up in this heritage of uh of rugs would you be doing something else or is this the is this your total first love is this your dream job okay so just before i before i answer that question i just want to say thank you for saying talking about our service and how well yeah. i really could not do it without our team um you know it starts with my dad it's uh i'm second in line and then we have a great team from andy michael justin todd nina and our logistics team that's head by uh it's head by wilson who's been with us for 20 years and now is a team of five um could not do it without them they really make our process go go around and um and i thank you for noticing that uh no rugs were not my dream job um Actually, I was always pushing against it. Um, and uh, if you know my dad, he's he's not he's he's an amazing visionary and an artist and uh, very good at his job. But um, he doesn't. It's not very easy to work with him. I mean, it's uh, be very point blank about it. He's, uh, he's a perfectionist and he always wants the best. And ninety five percent is not enough. He wants a hundred percent. If it's not right, don't put it out there. Um, so. So when it comes to what other things that interest me, um, I studied hospitality in college uh, at Boston University. So always food and bev and hotels always interested me because I'm a people's person. I like to make people happy. And, um, and I always thought of myself going in that direction uh, or opening my own restaurants and, and feeding people. Um, however, I, it was too risky of a, of a of an idea. And um, the reason I got into this business is because our our, our, our uh, wholesale business started growing. And what is wholesale? It's meeting new people, explaining to them your product, servicing them, making them happy, all the things I learned in college and all the things that I embody as a person. And, um, and that's the reason I got involved. Um, and very proud to say that our wholesale has, has really expanded since. And, uh, you know, we, we deal with a hundred different customers across the country and growing, uh, that's where we met you. Um, and, um, and yeah, rugs, rugs are, are a big part of my life now. Um, and, and I don't think I would be as happy if it wasn't for rugging Kaleem's business approach. You know, again, we're very fashion forward. We're not selling commodities. We're, we're always creating, always coming up with new things and it's exciting. It's very exciting to be within these walls and seeing all the new things that come in on a day-to-day -day basis. 
um, I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky, and I, I look forward to the future. I mean, in a way, the, bringing it back to the space that you're in right now, it looks as exciting and uh, fashion forward as a very cool restaurant. So I I can see how they might be somewhat uh, similar paths. So yeah, and and uh, you know, I, what I I still have a food and bev aspect to it. You know, we have our holiday party today. So, right. Um, so you know we maybe we'll take this off air to explain to you <laughs> what our what our plans are but there's a tremendous amount of food uh we got at a hotel we rented out a space there again we're a team of 20 so um you know we could really you know last year we were 10 11 people now we're 20 so we're really uh excited and 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 you know you get to see your colleagues a different side of your colleagues so uh, today today will be fun and um you know, we give everyone off between Christmas and New Year's. So uh, it's a nice and well-enjoyed end of the year uh, break. So we're really excited about starting fresh in 2022 um, and, and, and growing and growing, hopefully, and growing with, uh, with Daniel. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Cyrus, and have a great holiday party. You too. You too. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you.